Tonight on JetCast, we're joined by Jake Asman as he talks about his interviews with Joe Klecko and Darrell Rivas. You don't want to miss this one. JetCast Nation, welcome to episode 24. I'm Pat. That's right, and we got Jake Asman with us from the Jake Asman Show. Jake, first off, um, congratulations. You had Klecko and you had Revis on your show within a few days of each other. What it, what was it like um, have you know doing that? That 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 would have blown my mind. You know, it's it's surreal only because you know when I had Klecko on the show on Monday, mm-hmm. I thought, great, like this is awesome. Can't wait to talk to him about his great career. One of my dad's favorite players growing up. The sack exchange, you hear about it. And obviously, you know, to that generation of Jet fans, Joe Klecko was their guy. And I and I get it. He, he's awesome. And, and it's long overdue that he's finally going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The, the Rivas stuff, I mean, it, it it just it just happened. Like, it, I was not expecting it. I didn't go into the Klecko interview being like, all right, well, we get Klecko and then Rivas comes on two days later. Right. right. It, all, it all stemmed from you know, Rivas reacting to the interview with Klecko, but not actually what he said, something that he revealed on the show happened uh, when they were at the Super Bowl when they found out they were going into the Hall of Fame together. So uh, it's been a whirlwind just because, you know, last night I'm DMing with Darrell, you know, 12.30 a.m. Eastern time saying, all right, well, let's let's get you on the show today at 11.30. And you know, I didn't sleep at all last night. I'm getting ready for the interview. <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, as much as I love Jets, I do have a full-time job where I talk about sports on the radio here in yeah. Houston hours a day so i haven't really come up for air yet so i'm excited to eat some chipotle and chill but it's been a it's been a whirlwind but it's been awesome just because you know i love the jets they're my favorite team in the world i love jet fans i love this fan base and uh it's been cool to kind of be a part of the conversation and allow klecko to tell his story and obviously revis felt the need to respond and whether you agree or disagree with what he said or whatever i give him credit for coming on and at least facing the music and allowing me to ask those questions yeah yeah so you know Obviously, you've been very busy, so we do appreciate you coming on. Um, what what was your, I guess, overall? What what is your take on on the whole situation be- between the two of them? You know, it's, it stems from some sort of text message, and Rivas didn't like what was said about him to other people at the Super Bowl. What what is your, I guess, fifty thousand foot view on everything that happens? So. Knowing Joe a little bit and knowing people that know him, he's mm-hmm. such a great guy. So yeah. I, I really do believe whatever Reeves felt was a slight or whatnot was maybe taken out of context or misunderstanding or Klecko meant no ill will with maybe, like you know, quote-unquote busting his balls in front of people at the Hall of Fame. Like, ah, oh, you never answered my text, Darrell, like something like that. Like, I don't think uh, Joe Klecko, who, like, I, 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 don't, I don't think he would ever go out of his way to say something bad about Darrell Revis or try and show him up. So I think it's it, it's still kind of a misunderstanding. It You know, whatever happened rubbed Revis the wrong way. But, um, you know, I, I, I wish maybe Darrell didn't send the initial tweets. But at the same time, like, he felt the need to express himself. He tried to explain that on the show. So um, I, I think the thing is a giant misunderstanding, though. Like, I, I, I truly don't think Joe Klecko meant – any ill intent with whatever might have happened at the Super Bowl when they got announced to the Hall. And, you know, hopefully the two guys could talk about it, move forward, and, you know, we as Jeff fans could celebrate them in Canton. But it's uh, 
a very odd and wild situation. I never in a million years could have imagined it would have led to Darrell Rivas giving me an hour of his time on the show today. I mean, it was it was pretty surreal, man. It it was uh, it was wild and seeing all the different news outlets and talk shows that have talked about it. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy, man. So the, the whole thing is nuts, and I just hope they get along. And we as Jet fans, we're the real winners here, right? I even said that to Darrell in the interview, like. We don't really get weekends like what's going to happen in August in Canton where we get to celebrate our history as a franchise. Uh, so I just hope we could get back to that when it's all said and done because it's going to be an awesome weekend leading into what I hope is an incredible season. Now, uh, look, I got to ask you the tough question. You had the 20 and a half sacks, 1981. Joe Kleckel, everybody knows about it. Probably, if not the you know the second best, the best defensive year ever by a New York Jet. I mean, 2009, Darrell Revis shutting down Chad Johnson, Megatron, Randy Moss. The only guy that could really beat him was Stevie Johnson somehow, but I don't know how that ended up happening. But in your eyes, who's the best defensive player in New York Jets history? So I, I think it's Darrell Revis. I, I do. I, I love Joe Klecko, and I'm sure I would have loved him even more if I got to watch him play every game and appreciated him uh, during his time. I, I just think when you talk about the history of the NFL, there's a legitimate conversation you can make that in his prime, Darrell Rivas is the greatest cover corner of all time. I'm not yeah. saying he's the best. I'm not saying he's better. He's had a better career than Dion or name your, your corner. But in his prime, so 2008 to 2011 with the Jets, I would argue Darrell Rivas was the best cover corner I have ever seen anyone do it. So. I think because we could have that conversation with Revis, and whereas Klecko is a Hall of Famer and he's an elite defensive lineman, we're not talking about Joe Klecko like one of the greatest defensive linemen of all right. time. He's a Hall of Famer, but there's obviously levels to it. So that's why I would lean Revis. But you could argue Klecko because this guy was a pro bowler at three different spots. He made he was a all-pro at, at two different spots. You mentioned the 20-and-a-half sack season, and – you know, think about this. What if Joe Klecko was just a defensive end his whole career? He didn't move around. Uh, what would his numbers have looked like? So right. you definitely could argue Klecko, uh, but I, I'm going to lean Revis based on kind of what I outlined in my in my first part of my answer there. I think it also takes into account that uh, I think a cornerback affects the game more than, than say, a defensive lineman can by taking someone completely take, – taking the number one receiver completely off the field. Um, and you're right. There, there's an argument to be made there where Klecko, while you're saying he's one of the greatest Jets to ever play, while in Revis you're saying he's one of the greatest players to ever play at his position. So there's definitely, definitely a, a difference there. Um, do you think he adequately addressed his text messages? Uh, not a text. His tweets um, on your show today. Do you think he adequately um, gave? gave uh, an answer as to why he was saying he was the greatest defensive player? He, I don't know if he specifically said why he like said what he said in the tweets. He, he did reference in the conversation how seeing the clip from my interview with Klecko reminded him of the quote-unquote negative interaction that he, that he had, that he right. thought he had with Joe, and it kind of maybe like flashback some memories of that, and that's why maybe he lashed out. He, I, he didn't like I – don't, I don't want like – to put words in Durrell's mouth, but mm -hmm. that was kind of my interpretation of what he was trying to say. So I don't know. I don't know if he ever gave like the direct answer every Jet fan wanted. I give mm -hmm. him credit for coming on. I, I tried to ask the question the best I could, multiple angles. I said, what message would you have for Joe? You know, what message do you have for Jet fans who were annoyed by this? Or I like, tried to like explain the Jet fan perspective on why people were like, what the heck's going on between you two? So 
you know, all you could do when you're in that spot is just ask the question and the guests could answer however they want. I tried to follow up. So I don't know if we got like that clear cut, like, ah, now it makes sense answer from him. But mm. uh, he, he gave you something, which once again, a lot of athletes don't ever own it or don't ever like address things they say. They put it out on Twitter and say, oh, I got hacked or ah, I'm not coming on any show, whatever. And he actually came on. So I think he does deserve a lot of credit for that. Like he came on, you know, a jet YouTuber show today for an hour. Like that's, that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. And we know like, but from, from my whole argument, when I talk best defensive player, to me, it's Darrell Revis. Look at, he gets in the hall of fame right away. And Joe Klecko, it took forever. And there's a reason for that because there's also been a lot of, like what you said, amazing pass rushers. When I'm thinking top five in the game ever, uh, he's not in that conversation for me, but Darrell Revis, he's arguably top five, especially for that half decade period of time where he was shutting guys down left and right. We saw what Darrell Revis meant for that team. Just go watch the hard knocks and Rex Ryan's reaction. Yeah, now let's, I want to. I want to get to another defensive player that Jeff fans. We were having an argument in our Twitter space today. Every Wednesday at seven p.m., we have it about the comparisons between Darrell Revis and Sauce Gardner. Although Sauce Gardner's only been in the league one year, he's already accomplished things that Darrell Revis never had. Could you kind of give us that ceiling that you see for Sauce Gardner? Could he be as good, if not even better, than Darrell Revis? Is he on that trajectory? Because he, we did face a lot of backup quarterbacks, so this year he's really going to be tested. But he had the number one corner grade, coverage grade, for – any corner in the NFL, and you have guys who are future Hall of Famers like Jalen Ramsey out there, who he's undisputably better than at this point. So can you speak to that? Yeah, look, as Ravis said, Sauce can be as good as he wants to be, right? I mean, he's got that type of talent. And what I love about Sauce is he seemingly has the Ravis work ethic. He seemingly is all about football. And he seemingly genuinely wants to win but be a good teammate at the same time. Like, he – the hype that he had coming out of Cincinnati, oh, he never allowed a touchdown, you know, fourth pick in the draft. To have the year he had, take the, the, you know, the, those expectations and exceed them the way he did, it's the greatest rookie season in Jets history. I mean, he was first-team All-Pro. Ronnie Lott's the only corner that ever did that as a rookie, right? So you're talking about one of the greatest corners right there in Ronnie Lott. Uh, Sauce, Sauce, I believe, is the best corner in football already. We're a year into his career. Now, we all know how this goes, right? He's got to stay healthy. And if he stays healthy, I believe he can be one of the greats to ever play his position. And the fact that we as Jet fans could have that conversation, and if you truly watched every game, like I know we did it on this show right now, it's it's unreal that we can have the conversation, <laughs> but, it's, but it's a real conversation to have because that's how stupid good he was last year as a rookie. So going with Joe Klecko and comparing him to someone like Quinnen Williams – where do you see Quinn and Williams ceiling being? Is he on the trajectory of, you know, having multiple years of, of double digit sacks? Well, I think not, so. he, yeah, he, he could be. If you look at the sacks. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, look, he was first team all pro last year. He was a monster. And I, I think with more leads in the fourth quarter, he, he might have a better year this year, as long as he's in shape and the jets use him the same way. Like I, Quentin Williams is a monster, man. He's 25 years old, too. Let's not forget that. A lot of times, defensive tackles take a couple of years to get going. It's very rare you get Aaron Donald, who comes into the league and is rookie of the year and is already on a Hall of Fame path. Like, it took Q a couple of years, right? He played with uh, a bunch of different uh, coaches and new schemes, and now he's going into his third year in solid scheme. 
he he's going to be a beast, man. Like between him and Sauce, to have two first team all pros on your defense, that's why the Jets were a top five defense a year ago. And Jake, when you look at it, Joe Klecko didn't reach double digit sacks ten and a half until he was twenty seven years old. Quinnen did it in his age what twenty four season. People think some people forget how young Quinnen was when he first came in the league. Joe Klecko was twenty four. So it's not like, you know, that trajectory, Quinnen's still building into his body. Now, I want to get brought up to speed into the modern era. I never got to talk to you about this yet, but there's a lot of controversy surrounding this past draft. I think the most aggressive draft pick that we had undoubtedly was Will McDonald. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I know a lot about him personally because I'm a giant Texan, Texas fan, so we had to face him a couple of times. What are your expectations for him in his rookie year? There's such a vast amount of defensive ends on this team what kind of snap percentage is he looking at 30 40 percent at most as a rookie what do you feel about that yeah i'd look to what jermaine johnson played last year and kind of figure he's in that role maybe he could play more because i, I think he's a better pure rusher of the passer than maybe jermaine is jermaine's really good against the runs which is why i think he needs to be on the field more he he he, he could really impact the game in, in that way um but yeah i mean look we talk about the depth they have at defensive end where Jeff ends. Injuries happen. And last year, this team got wrecked by injuries, but they were mostly on offense. Like Sauce, Quinnen, he only missed that one game. DJ Reed played every game. CJ Mosley, who's got injuries in the past, he was healthy. Like, you know, I, I worry about some injuries to that defense. So to have depth at defensive line in Salah's wide nine scheme, it's going to matter. So I don't know what to necessarily expect from Will McDonald right away, but I'll tell you what, the Jets love him. Everything I've heard about him has been they're so excited about what he could do and he fits the scheme perfectly. So, look, I I think after last year's draft as a Jet fan, I'm giving Joe Douglas the benefit of the doubt, right? You draft Sauce Gardner, you draft Garrett Wilson, you trade up for Brees and Jermaine. Every pick they made last year seemingly looks like it hit and hit in a major way. So, I'm excited to see what they could do with McDonald. My preference, like everyone else probably, was offensive tackle, but they weren't going to reach on someone. And uh, I think Will McDonald will come in, and he probably will end up playing a bigger role than most people expect because usually when we say, oh, they got so much depth, how is he going to get on the field? Watch, there will be injuries, and he's going to end up playing a lot. What about Tittman? you think he starts? I don't think you take a center in the second round for him not to start. So I think it'd be disappointing if he's not the week one starter. I, I think he has to start. I mean, you, you can tell in the NFL how teams feel about players based on the money they get. Conor McGovern signed for like the league minimum. So they don't want him starting again. He's a nice guy. He's durable. He's tough. He's a good backup. But that's what he is. Uh, Tipman, if healthy, I believe is a starter. Do the Jets end up with Alvin Cook? Or D-Hop seems like he's going to be going to the Patriots. It's weird. He – he always had a cryptic little message on, on uh, that he commented on the Pat McAfee show uh, about like he didn't even go for a certain visit or something like that. What do you, what do you think is going on with uh, yeah. the situation? I mean, I hope he doesn't go to the Patriots. Uh, I think he's going to go to the team that pays them the most money, whether it's Tennessee, New England. You know, maybe I saw a report about Carolina or Cleveland still swooping in late. I don't know. Uh, I hope he doesn't go to New England. I think that's obvious why to every Jet fan that's watching. We don't want the Patriots to be better. Um, you know, that being said, I do think Dalvin Cook is a possibility for this team. Uh, he's liking every tweet, as we know. The Jets do need, I believe, some more insurance in that room. I'm not saying I don't like Zonovan Knight or, you know, Izzy in the fifth round, the rookie they took. I like his upside, but they need more proven commodities, man. We're trying to win the Super Bowl. This is not a rebuild year anymore. Oh, let's see yep. what we have. 
I want to win. It's time to win, right? The last time the Jets made the playoffs, I was talking about it today with Darrell Rivas. He was there. It's time <laughs> to win. So feels like, like he's gonna retire for forever. Yeah, man. If you can get Dalvin <laughs> Cook on a one-year deal for five or six million, do it. And and then get Brees Hall, you know, the opportunity to kind of ease back into it. If he's not the Brees Hall we saw last year right away, there's nothing wrong with that if that happens, but Michael Carter was bad last year, and he's coming off injury. Zion of the night, undrafted free agent a year ago. I don't know what he is. And Izzy's a rookie, as I said. So give me Dalvin Cook. I think that's the the missing move that Joe Douglas could do between now and when camp starts to really solidify the offensive side of the ball. All right. Well, I know you're super tired. We're going to let you get to that Chipotle <laughs> and get some rest. But we really do appreciate you coming on and, and giving us your uh, thoughts about uh, your two huge interviews. We're going to have um, – Links to both interviews in the description of the video. But, um, Ray, any last words? No, I appreciate you coming on, Jake, as always. Uh, you become a friend to us, and uh, we look forward to having you on again maybe before the season starts. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely, guys. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for the kind words. And, you know, can't wait to see you guys at some games this year, man. It's going to be fun. We got – we like, despite whatever happened the past couple of days with Plecko and Reeves, like, at the end of the day, like, hey, uh, Aaron Rodgers is still the Jets quarterback, so let's go, baby. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. All right. Well, thanks again, and we'll see everybody on the next episode.